Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Just to give you a heads up, one of us is bound to say something not suitable for little ears. Welcome to Mom and Dad are Fighting Slate's parenting podcast for Thursday, January 20th, the Family History Fiasco Edition. I'm Elizabeth Newcamp. I write the homeschool and family travel blog, Dutch Dutch Goose. I'm the mom to three littles, Henry, who's nine, Oliver, who's seven, and Teddy, who's five. And we live in Colorado Springs, Colorado. I'm Zach Rosen. I host The Best Advice Show. It's a very short podcast in which I want to hear your advice. And I live in Detroit with my family. My daughter Noah is four and my son Ami is one. I'm Jamie Green. I'm a freelance writer and editor and I'm associate editor for Future Tense, which is a partnership of Slate, Arizona State University and New America. My son Miles is two and a half years old and we live in New Britain, Connecticut. Jamie, we're so excited to have you with us this week. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Great to meet you. Well, on today's show, we've got an interesting question from a listener who got some long-awaited news over the holidays. However, her partner isn't excited at all. She's crushed and wondering why he can't just pretend to care. Then lace up your kicks. We're going to get active with the help of a kid's fitness expert, Larissa Maloney. And on Slate Plus, I don't know about you, but for a lot of us, it seems like the perfect time to do another round of Screaming into the Void. It'll be cathartic. Join us. But let's start off the show with a round of triumphs and fails. Zach, will you kick us off? I will. I have failure this week, which has been a kind of failure that I've been noticing in myself since parenting started. It's and been brewing. <laughs> it's, it's just been ongoing. I think like I'm trying to evolve and it's, it's tough for me. I guess to start, I should say I learned from, this is like a grotesque promo for my show, but I really did learn it <laughs> from my show. Someone gave some advice about this, this idea. It's an improv comedy idea, but he, he uses it in real life. This notion of going from A to C, whereas like A is the thing and then B is like what you're lizard brain like the first instinctual thing that you would say and then c is like after you take a beat and like think about something so an improv like bananas a b would be apple but c would be a guy boxing fruit at the grocery (laughs) store or something i don't know so but he's just talking about it as like don't be reactive don't just like say Mm. b immediately but just wait a second and constantly it, it, it happens all the time especially when uh we're trying to get out the door in the morning with noah my four year old and it's just like I can't just like, she's sad about going back to school today. She hasn't been in school in five weeks because COVID and Christmas. And I was like, just not being patient and it wasn't helping. And it's this thing. It's like, Noah, if you don't get your boots on right now, you're not going to have TV for the rest of the week. And it's just like, why don't you like (laughs) 
<laughs> hang back for one second, Zach, and like recognize that she's sad about going back to school, recognize that this isn't going to get her ready any faster, <laughs> and that, yeah, she's going to frustrate you, but don't just take it out on her like that. And so I've been thinking about that in the context of A to C. B is just this like base, reactive, like awful person who I don't like. And C is like, okay, let's figure this out. And so my failure is is acting on B and not waiting for C. I think though this is like like as parents, like the the less sleep we're getting and the more other stuff that's going on, it's like all of those adulting skills where we're supposed to be patient, like go out the window with this tiny creature who we love but makes us crazy. I've seen this used to break the yelling habit, which that was not what I use this for. I use this to break like another bad <laughs> parenting habit, but I literally would wear a rubber band around my wrist and pop myself with it just like very lightly when I caught myself doing it. Have you ever try- tried this or heard of this? I've heard I- you talk about it, but it's fascinating. I haven't tried it yet. I used it's- to do that to try to stop biting my nails. <laughs> <laughs> Same thing. Exactly. Exactly. I also think, Zach, that if you're catching yourself doing it, that means you are evolving, right? Because it's. Mm-hmm. I think it's always okay to show our kids that like, just because we said it does not mean we need to double down, that we can mm-hmm. totally as parents say like, you know what, the TV thing is totally ridiculous. I'm so sorry. I'm rushing us both. Like, what do you need in this moment? Um, yeah. Yeah. And I find I really hate being late, like in case you guys haven't noticed about me. I, li- I really like things. And so yep. I've noticed that that anxiety about being point. late, mm-hmm. even in situations where it doesn't matter, like if we're late to my kids' preschool, literally <laughs> no one cares. Everybody yes. else is late all the time. Yes. Um, and usually I'm so early that leaving wouldn't even make us late, but like I'm taking that anxiety and putting that on them, like it's their mm-hmm. fault. Um, and so, one, you're in good company. <laughs> but two, I think you, you can, if, if you're stopping yourself, just like apologize and, and do the yep. next thing. Yep. But I did find the popping to be helpful, just like it, it started to associate that tiny little tinge of pain before I even it's did fascinating. it. Yeah. Well, and even even aside from the negative reinforcement of the pain, it also makes you notice in the moment. Like it makes you say, oh, mm-hmm. I did it. And sort of like you were saying, if you can do that and see that as the growth and see that as, okay, I did it, but then I noticed and I realized I didn't want to do that. Hopefully that's mm-hmm. a first step. I mean, you don't want to get stuck in that noticing and self-berating <sighs> spiral either. Yeah. Hopefully like be- the noticing is like a liminal space of moving from, from A to C. Right, yeah. like, acceptance is the first step. <laughs> yeah. All right, Jamie, do you have a triumph or fail for us? Yeah, I am taking a triumph because I just so desperately need it. And it's like real, real small potatoes. Like once you guys asked me to be on the show, I started like keeping my eyes open for like triumph or fail, triumph or fail, triumph or fail. And everything just felt so flat and neutral. Mm-hmm, I was mm-hmm. like, I don't have any of it. And I realized it's because I've been in survival mode since just before the holidays. We had a daycare COVID exposure right before Christmas. So our holiday break was like two and a half weeks. And then going back to school has felt so precarious. And we had a snow delay and we had a four day weekend this past weekend. And so it's just been pure survival mode. But then yep. because I was paying attention and really looking <laughs> for a triumph or fail, I found a triumph that I'm going to take from this past weekend, which is I cleaned the bathrooms, which is one of my chores, the way that my husband and I split up chores. And then even a bigger one, I made banana bread during my kid's nap on Sunday. And the the triumph in this isn't the clean bathroom 
or the baking. I try not to attach a value judgment to that. Like if the bathroom is going for a while, just quick wipe down, (laughs) you know, that's what you got to do. But I took these things as a sign that we're coming out of survival mode, that I was Mm -hmm. able to Mm -hmm. really just clean the bathrooms for an Mm -hmm. hour and that during nap time, I wasn't just collapsed on the couch looking at my phone for two hours, but I was like, we have bananas. I want to (laughs) make banana bread, you know, like feeling that energy and appreciating it, even though it's manifesting in these very low level ways, really just made me feel a lot better where no matter what happens next, no matter what, phone calls come from school in the next, you know, whenever. (laughs) Like, I had a weekend where I felt kind of human and that, God, low bar, but it's a real triumph. That's so good. It's a wonderful triumph. Totally. (laughs) Thank you. A return to normalcy. Could we only have that everywhere? Yeah. Chocolate chips? I'm just curious. No, but a sprinkling of sugar on top, so the whole top is just like rock-solid sugar Mm -hmm. crust. Mm. Lovely. Thank you. Sounds Sounds great. And when I see people on social media, of course, like what what a doomed yeah. beginning of a sentence. But when I see people <laughs> cooking and baking and making interesting things, especially people who don't have children, I feel so jealous because I'm like, if I didn't have a kid, I would be using lockdown these last two years to do lots of cool, mm-hmm. weird baking. But it's just like, mm-mm. So mm-hmm. this banana you, bread you that did not require, <laughs> didn't require a mixer, didn't require softening butter. It was just like, I'm really grateful that I found that and could have that so little triumph. Awesome. Did it taste like a triumph too? <sighs> it was a little bit. <laughs> oh, no, I'm so um, sorry so, that I asked. No, no, it has turned into a triumph um, and my son likes it, which is always gratifying. Okay, there we go. Um, but it had two cups of flour in it, and I replaced one of the cups with whole wheat flour, and it made it pretty dry because I didn't add any extra liquid or anything. But by day two, or by getting to the middle of the loaf, I don't know which it was, it got a lot better. And you just toast it, put a little butter on it, pure yeah. triumph. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Well, I think that's wonderful. <laughs> I am taking a big, <laughs> fat fail for just my weekend getaway. And so one of the things we've done a lot um, during COVID has been like to rent an Airbnb just in the middle of nowhere. Like there's not really anything particularly we want to do in the area. Just like something cute, go there, bring some board games and just like be in a different location. So I found this Airbnb little cabin that's up in the mountains, but is only like 30 minutes, 45 minutes from here. So it seemed really doable. We drive up Friday So we get on the road and like the car is packed. Everybody's like so happy. We're listening to this audiobook in the car, just like great start. And we, there's only one highway, highway 24 that goes up through the mountains. And of course we get there and it is closed, like backed up, closed. There's been some kind of accident or something. When you live near the mountains, which is something I'm discovering here, there's like only one road, like the other road to get there is two and a half hours. So then Jeff's like, okay, well, do we like sit in this traffic or do I like reverse down this road and we take the two and a half hours? And I'm like, okay, well, let's just drive. I'd rather be driving. Let's take the two and a half hours. So we back off the road and it's like snowing in Colorado Springs, like so beautiful. We drive, we have to drive like all the way down to this other Canyon city and then in the Canyon, get back on the mountain road. And all of a sudden the road becomes like super windy and we're like clouded in and it would not be a new camp road trip if one of my kids did not get car sick. Yeah. So oh Teddy God. is like car sick. Now the good news is we've been car sick so much that they are like bag. And I'm like, I like throw the bag back and he, he vomits into the bag. It's fine. Incredible. He, it's like snowing. So he, nobody wants to get out of the car to like get some fresh air. <laughs> 
So I think we've like survived this and we finally complete the two and a half hours to get to the cabin that's only 30 minutes from our house. It's like down in this valley, which is fine because gravity, you know, takes you down. So the minivan is like going down, down, down. And then it's kind of like up to get to the cabin and we just cannot get the minivan up, which is not a big deal. We can like park the car, walk to our cabin and Jeff, Jeff, not me, can ferry (laughs) all of the things. We get everybody into the cabin and then Jeff like throws some dirt on the road and ends up getting the van there. But of course, overnight, everything freezes. And so we literally cannot get out of this house. Like we, even if we can back back down, we can't get up this big hill. We have to like call the owner of the place who's out. He, It's like a big, he has like a farm <laughs> to come like plow the wow. road and then let the sun. I mean, the kids had a great time. They had no idea, but we're like, are we going to be stuck here? But uh-huh. the fail is that like since moving here on my list of things to do has been to buy chains for the minivan. Like mm. if you try to drive over highway 70, which is the main road through the mountains, you have to have chains, but I haven't done it because it's felt like this huge thing. And then I thought, well, even if I buy them, like, what are the odds that I even know how to get them on or like that I can do this? So I have just like completely not done this. I, I didn't ask Jeff to do it. I just didn't do it because it seemed too big. And now here we are, you know, and thankfully Jeff is like not saying like, if you had just bought the chains <laughs> and put them in our car, we would not That's be great. in this. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. So that sounds like now, a triumph, that part. Yeah. I have now purchased the, um, this is the triumph. I have now purchased something called snow socks which are apparently easier than chains. They don't last as long. Hmm. Um, But hopefully when they arrive, I will learn to put them on my own car so that I can drive my little minivan wherever it needs to go in this snowy terrain. Do you have to have chains in Detroit? And you're in Connecticut. Do you guys have to have chains to go places? I'm, I'm chainless in Detroit. I I hope I'm not supposed to because we don't. Um, I don't think there are a lot of Some people have them though. Yeah, I'm sure people do. I don't know. We yeah. we only moved here like a year and a half ago. So You're like me, I, you don't know. You I don't know. know till you know. All these big now surprises. You know. We bought a snowblower last winter. That felt like a big deal. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> We're still shoveling. See? So so Colorado listeners, I'm sorry to let you all down. It, it I don't does know. That sounds like I'm quite doing. an adventure though. Like Oh my god. And, and as you said, it sounds like the kids had a great time, which is good. Oh, they just think this is how trips go, right? Because every trip with us is like this. Puking and <laughs> ice and... Yeah. I, th- I think when we say we're stuck here, they're like, are they serious? We don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Can we run out in the snow and run around and find tracks? Sure, because we can't go anywhere else. Yeah. So. That's fun. <sighs> well, with our triumphs and fails behind us, it's time to move on to somebody else's problem. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Window. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. So we are going to check out our first listener question, which is being read by the incomparable Shasha Leonard. Dear Mom and Dad, can I get some honest feedback? I got myself a DNA test for Christmas. My mom is adopted, and she won't get one, so I've always been curious. 
I got the results last night and mentioned it to my partner earlier this evening. Zero response. Zero. My feelings are hurt, and I'm not sure how to broach it. I don't want him to be curious about something he's not genuinely curious about, but one, this is 50% of his kid's genetic makeup, and two, if it were his genetic report, I'd be devouring it. How can he now be at all interested, or even pretend to be? Thanks. Genetically curious. The first time that I read this question, I thought that my response was going to be all about, like, there's a lot of missing information here. But I noticed something hearing it this time, which is, I don't want him to be curious about something he's not genuinely curious about, but dot, 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 if it were his genetic report, I'd be devouring it. And there are two totally separate problems in this question. One is the partner not caring that the letter writer cares, but the letter writer wants the husband to care about the results. And that is not a thing you can do. I think it's totally legit to say, hey, I really care about this and I want to tell you why it matters to me. And the partner should say, yes, I am listening and turn away from the TV and put down the phone and pay attention. But he really might not care. And that I think separating those two desires for the partner to care about the letter writer's feelings versus the partner caring about the results is is step number one here. Right, because in one mode, she like opens the envelope and she's like, oh, the genetic makeup, like my genetic test is here. But or is she like begging him to listen? Right. And and he's just like, I don't care. <laughs> yeah. Like, is there a confrontation here or because when I see a sentence like my feelings are hurt and I'm not sure how to broach it. Maybe this is simplistic of me, but I think the way to broach it is to say, hey, can we talk for a second? Last night I felt bad because X, Y and Z. Right. Like the way to broach it is to just tell it. But I, I think what's really going on here is the letter writer is disappointed that the partner doesn't care about the results the way she cares about the results. And I think that that is is a fruitless path because you can't make him care, but you can explain to him why it's important to you. And, you know, I think that that separating those two and just like going down that. But yeah, like I, the way I picture this, like I, for some reason, imagine it in my own house. (laughs) I guess with me and my husband, we're like, I walk into the living room and I'm like sort of, when you walk into the living room, you're also facing the TV, the same direction as yeah. the person sitting on the couch. And so like saying like, oh, I got this thing. And and just like you were saying, is he, was he just like, oh, okay, cool. And then, <laughs> and then you like crumple inside and you go into the kitchen and cry silently for a second, yeah. right? Because you're like, you didn't yeah. realize it was important. Like if that's the case, you just need to sort of redo it and say, hey, this is really important to me. Can I tell you why? And can can you make eye contact for a second while I, while I talk about it? Because that is a totally legitimate thing to ask, I think, to say like, hey, this is something that really matters to me. Like when I do my nails, I show my husband every time and he does not care, but he knows that it matters to me that he yes. looks and responds, but I can't make him care about whether or not I've done my nails. You can't change his feelings right. about it. But it does seem to me like in this question, are we seeing a complete breakdown of communication? 
or is he being a jerk? And she was like, I got my results. And he was like, I do not care. I think yeah, that those are you. stupid. You just told someone your data. You know, like, is he saying like, genes don't matter. Nurture matters. It's all environmental. Like, is this <laughs> is this a an essential like values disagreement or is it a Ooh. communication disagreement? It comes back to something that a lot of our questions come back to is this just it's seemingly foundational need to learn how to tell each other what we need. Mm-hmm. I'm not good at it, you know, a lot of the times. Um, and that might just be the thing. Like, I need you to recognize that I'm excited about this um, partner. And once we can do that, I feel like it gets so much easier. Because, like, if you don't know how to broach it, like, I want you just to be able to to broach without feeling like there's going to be some kind of, like, um, like he's going to be pissed if you broach it, you know? Yeah, that's, um, that's exactly what I thought. Like, why why can't you say that it's important? So Jeff and I went to this, like, um, Jeff and I went to this military marriage retreat, and one of the tools we learned there that I think is really great <laughs> but can be very awkward is they call it knees to knees, but basically you literally tell your partner that you need to schedule time to talk about something. So like when it, when would be a good time? Because the first thing is like, just cause it's a good time for you doesn't mean right. it's a good time for them. So saying like, Hey, this is really important to me. When is a good time that we can talk about this? And then you literally sit facing each other. And the goal is for you to just feel heard. So you are going to say all the things that are facts um, without asserting any blame. And I did write out what I thought, based on my own vision of this, it might sound like, um, so saying something like, I was really excited about getting this genetic test. My expectation was that you would be really excited too, even just for my excitement. When you mm-hmm. didn't ask me any questions or insert like when you when you didn't turn around, when you didn't, whatever the fact of how he acted, no judgment value, it made me feel really sad. Um, and then he would have a chance to say his piece, which... In my experience with practicing this, it is like Jeff and I, the reality of the situation was totally different. Like if Mm -hmm. Jeff might say to me, moments before you walked in, (laughs) I took a phone call about X and my brain was full of of work stuff or my brain was Mm -hmm. full trying to figure out how we were going to manage this. And so, yes, I heard you say you got this, but it I did not connect the importance of this with what you said, right? So being able to say that. Now, listen, the knees to knees does not resolve anything. It is not going to make you feel (laughs) like now he's excited. But what it does for me, which I think is like a key to communication, is I feel like he's now heard that this was important to me. And in the moment that I chose to present it, I did not get the feedback I was looking for, right? And, And I will tell you that like nine times out of 10, he's just like, I'm so sorry because my intent was not to make you sad about this. I didn't even think that it ma- that it mattered. <laughs> Which I mean, and maybe you've had this long conversation and so he should know it matters, but also like how many times have you been doing something else and your partner presents you with things and you're just sort of like, "Okay, great." And then later in the day you're like, "Wait a minute." <laughs> yeah. Um, so I think this definitely you either need to do that or just like revisit. I don't know. We've had things like that where I literally say like, "I think the only thing that would make me fe- feel better is if we like pretended I got the letter again." <laughs> um, and and literally just start it like a total redo. Mm-hmm. Like I'm going to kind of performatively open the letter and he's going to be performatively excited about it as a jumping off point. 
um, for going forward. But I think it's important that we give each other those redos the same way that we give kids those redos. Like you should be giving your partner that unless this is hinting at like a larger issue of like you never feel appreciated or heard. I noticed something you said in in your mock-up of how you would do the the talking about it where you said you did like the classic I feel statement you know when you reacted the way you reacted but I noticed I loved what you said you said when you reacted however you did I felt sad and it's even less blame making than my feelings were hurt because my feelings were hurt is someone you hurt my feelings Mm -hmm. my feelings were Mm -hmm. hurt I'm just like Mm -hmm. leaving out the subject yep. and the passive construction, but just this happened and I felt sad is like the least accusatory way to yeah. do it. And I, I love that. I'm going to s- steal that and use that because I think like saying, Oh, that hurt my feelings is not quite as neutral as, as we can be, you know, or as you start, just like, like I felt angry or yeah. I felt jealous or I felt um, abandoned. Um, because I think mm-hmm. then too, your partner knows how to deal with the feelings that you're sitting with. Cause a lot of times, especially for adults, like anger, sadness, frustration, all look, you know, they all look like me in the pantry eating chocolate, quietly <laughs> crying. <laughs> right, right? Like it can be like sincere, you know, performance yes. too, you know? And I was thinking about that in, in the form of, um, when, when you do start to resolve this, when you do start to play this out, like being able to just quickly forgive our partners when we actually like, when there isn't a need to, be resentful and there isn't something lingering just like i'm sorry that i wasn't paying attention and then for you to accept okay you know uh, again giving giving the benefit of the doubt yeah you know the quick apology the redo these are all like great things that i try to practice and often fail at i think it's really worth separating forgiving them and the hurt like you can forgive them and Mm. still feel that kind of sting and still ask for what you need to make that pain go away yes Mm -hmm. but you can like you can forgive quickly and then still you can still need more to feel healed and resolved Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that's a that's a great point i'd never really thought about that before so (laughs) i'm really grateful to zach for putting it that way because i'm usually thinking like until this pain and sadness goes away the problem is not fixed. Like, we're not okay. But the partners can be on the same team and then together say, like, okay, like, what do we need to do so that we are both feeling okay emotionally now? You know, like, forgiveness first and then healing and resolution. And just seeing that they're separate never yeah. occurred to me before. Ooh, I love that. <laughs> separate and also just, like, not one time. You yeah. know, it's like forgiveness, healing, a little more forgiveness, a little more healing. Yeah, it's ongoing. Yeah. I, want, I wonder, too, if this is like a recurring thing, if you can use this moment also as kind of teaching moment is the wrong word, but like as a, as a case study so that in your discussion about it to say, you know, I get these feelings a lot when this miscommunication happens, because that's what it is. It's a miscommunication. How can I, like, what words can I use or how can I make sure we're in the right space to have these conversations in the future, right? Because he's the best person to ask this to. Your partner knows what he needs. Maybe he says, like, I really can't handle more information until this time. Or, like, I need the kids to be in bed. Whatever it is. Or, like, he might have have focus troubles and he might say, "Uh uh-huh, yeah, as if he hears you. But it might just be kind of going straight through. So you might have to say, like, hey, I have something important. Are you ready to listen? Yeah. And I think when you make that too, be prepared that he 
may say like I'm not ready to listen right now and that it's okay like you were saying to ask for what you need then like okay I need us to schedule a time in the next 24 hours to talk about this um because that's what I need and Mm -hmm. you're also though respecting what your partner needs so yeah today's episode isn't brought to you by 23andMe (laughs) really could be it should be ad people. Get on that. <laughs> Do you want someone to be excited about your results? <laughs> the new service they could offer. Uh, no. Well, genetically curious, we hope this advice helps you have a conversation with your partner and avoid future disappointment. Everyone else, if you have a parenting question, drop us a line. You can email us at slate.com or post to the Slate Parenting Facebook group like this listener did. This podcast is sponsored by Skylight Calendar. Let's be real. Running a household can be exhausting and chaotic. And finding the perfect Mother's Day gift, it's not exactly a no-brainer. Until now. The Skylight Calendar is the best way to organize the family and give everyone, especially mom, some peace of mind to enjoy the things that matter most. The Skylight Calendar is a smart, touchscreen calendar that keeps track of and manages the chores, dinner planning, groceries, and to-dos for the whole family. The Skylight Calendar automatically syncs each family member's digital calendars and displays them all together on one color-coded touchscreen. It even doubles as a digital picture frame so you can finally share all those special moments that are just sitting on your phone. As a limited-time offer for our listeners, get 15% off your purchase of a Skylight Calendar when you go to skylightcal.com slash easy. That's S-K-Y-L-I-G-H-T-C-A-L dot com slash easy. Get 15% off your Mother's Day purchase now at skylightcal.com slash easy. All over the country, we need to improve reading in Wisconsin. Schools are changing the way they teach reading. I'm calling for a renewed focus on literacy. We have gotten this wrong in New York and all across the nation. And it's happening because of a podcast. I think your podcast has changed my life. And I'm going to share this podcast with everyone I meet. Sold a Story investigates how teaching kids to read went wrong. New episodes of Sold a Story are available now. Well, listeners, winter is officially here, and I don't know about you, but I find these cold months the hardest to keep the kids, and honestly, myself, active inside. So here to help us keep the whole family moving is Larissa Maloney. Larissa is a mom of three, a former professional volleyball player, and the founder and CEO of Active Kids 2.0, an online fitness and wellness platform for kids ages three and up. Larissa and I met on Instagram during the early days of the pandemic, and I I'm so excited to share her enthusiasm for family fitness with you. Welcome to the show, Larissa. Yay. Thanks for having me, Elizabeth. I am so happy to be here with you. Well, I feel like it could not be better timing because I I just like I want to be active. And in the summer, it's so easy for me. Like I love being outside and getting like going for walks, all of that. So easy. But it just feels like once I feel like we have to be inside, it's hard. And I, I know they recommend like at least one hour of fitness a day for kids. But can you just quickly sum up like why that's so important? Yeah, absolutely. So 60 minutes a day is, you know, that's the um, recommended amount. But when you say 60 minutes of fitness, everyone gets scared. They're like, oh my goodness, I have to do a 60 minute workout. Like no way. Like I don't even do a 60 minute workout a day. (laughs) Like no, it's 60 minutes of movement a day. So literally if you're walking to the mailbox, that counts. 
You know, if you are going up the stairs in your house, that counts. You know what I mean? So it's 60 minutes total. Of course, your kiddos are probably getting, you know, 20 to 30 minutes in PE as well at school. And, um, you know, you can mix in a whole bunch of movement throughout your day. So it doesn't have to be that 60 minutes of hardcore workout. So don't worry, Elizabeth, you're, you're, you're on, you're on the right track. Don't worry. (laughs) I don't have to like buckle us up for a workout. Okay. So the, so I love this. The first takeaway is sort of like, we're breaking that up. We are, it's not 60 minutes. We, we should totally be getting five minutes here, 20 minutes here. So I don't need to like gear the kids up for a 60 minute boot camp. (laughs) Yeah. There's no, there's no boot camp. No, don't worry. Is there such a thing as like the right kind of exercise for kids or we're really just focusing on that getting that energy out moving the body um yeah or or do i need to be focusing like strength cardio like all those things we hear as adults yeah no absolutely not so with kids it's just literally movement so the younger kids you kind of want to focus on those basic moves of um, running, jumping, skipping, hopping. So they, you know, try, you know, trying to get those, uh, basic moves of coordination and then you kind of move up from there and then you get into the sports and things like that. But really movement is what we're looking for in the beginning. So getting the kids, uh, used to getting off the couch and doing something. (laughs) So I'm, I, let's say I'm, I can't really get outside because weather, COVID, wh- whatever the reason is, I can't go outside. And I just have my normal house play things, maybe one room I can kind of work in. Yeah. What kind of things can I be doing with the kids that they're moving and maybe I'm getting some movement time too? Because it's important that us parents that are home are also getting this movement. So what can what are some examples of things we can like easily be doing together? Yeah, absolutely. So in my house, we like to make movement fun. And for us, like, of course, like I just said, like the word working out, the word, you know, cardio and things like that aren't really used in our house uh, because we don't, they're kind of like bad words. I don't know. Society has like made those words into bad words. So everything is one, a competition and everything is fun. So um, things around the house that we do, I'll just give you an example. Um, We have pretty much everybody as families has like a Jenga set, right? Yeah. So we use that sometimes and we'll write different things on the Jenga block. So sometimes we'll do yoga and sometimes we'll do like fun cardio moves or sometimes we'll get really wacky and make it like monster moves and things like that (laughs) because I have a five and seven year old and everything's like monsters and superheroes. Right. So we'll write something on the Jenga board or on the Jenga block. And then if they pull it out, they have to do that move. And then the person that topples it has to do a 30 second plank. And then usually we all, (laughs) usually we all do it, but we kind of set the rules. Yeah. We kind of set the rules in the beginning and, um, our, yeah, our Jenga blocks have a a million things written on them now because we usually change it up, but that's something fun to do in the house and we get creative and we make it a competition, of course. A little family competition is always good, right? Motivates everyone to do better. And then it's like you get a two for one because you're getting this good family bonding time, but you're also like getting some activity. (laughs) Yeah. And like literally we're usually laughing for 30 minutes straight. So there you go. The abs, (laughs) the abs are there because we're laughing the whole 30 minutes. And I'm sure if you're, if you're not sure what to write, like you could easily go to Pinterest and look up like, you know, jumping jacks or star jumps or whatever, right? Oh, star jumps. Like all of those those count. 
Yeah, that's a that's a family favorite star jumps because we always Sorry. say you have to say I'm a star when you do the jump. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I love that's how that's why you're giggling. You're making them like fun too. Like ridic- the more ridiculous the better, right? Exactly. Okay, so I know that you have three kids and one is a is a small you have a new baby well new ish baby yeah I do six months how do you get your workout time in like with them running underfoot I really give them a choice so I don't say okay I'm doing a workout everybody in the gym let's do it you know what I mean yeah literally yesterday I said does anybody want to do a workout with me and immediately my little girl, Oakley, she's like my mini me. She's like, yeah. me, I want to do it with, with you. And I said, okay. And then we did, it was, it was, um, a little cardio ish, but it was fun moves that she liked to do. But my other little one, he's seven, he's a little bit older and he said, I want to make up my own workout. So while we were doing our little cardio stuff, he was behind me on the, on the boxing bag. So he likes to get his little gloves out and then literally he'll start punching the bag. So we were all in the gym, but we, you know, but my other one was doing different things. And then my little girl, she liked to do what I was doing. So it's always something like that, where I give them a choice. You can do what I'm doing. You can go run outside and do an obstacle course. They love making up their own obstacle course. Um, but I always give them a choice, but we always definitely get that movement in somehow. What do you do if you have a kid that's like reluctant to do activities? We have all different kinds of kids. If the kids aren't having fun, then they're not going to want to do it. So just to give you an example, um, when my kids were a little bit smaller, probably about three or four, we used to go on this trail and it used to, we used to call it the dinosaur trail because I used to have a backpack and I used to put a stuff, a whole bunch of dinosaurs in there. And we, we used to be, we used to turn into explorers. And I used to throw dinosaurs in the bushes and I used to, you know, r- you know, shake the bush and say, oh, I found a dinosaur. I found a dinosaur, you know, and they used to explore yeah. and search for the dinosaur. It is exercise, but it's not exercise to them. They're literally explorers, you know, exploring this trail and, and they're trying to find dinosaurs. So really making it fun um, for the kiddo and not making it seem like work. Yeah, I'm, I'm noticing that a lot of your tips, too, and even like how you talk about it. It makes it not seem like a thing in some sense, which I think is good, right? Because uh, we read a lot about how important it is what we're putting into our kids' heads about keeping ourselves healthy. Yeah. Um, do you have any more tips on like what the dialogue in your house around healthy bodies looks like? Absolutely. Oh, healthy bodies. It, oh, gosh. I mean, we could talk about that for hours, you know what I mean? But you're right. The dialogue is so, so important and it starts with us. And we know that, you know, especially as moms, it starts with us, how we're talking to ourselves. And, um, because I have a little one that listens to everything, Yeah, you know, you think that they don't hear, Oh, but, but they're listening, they're listening. You know what I mean? So it's so important that we know that it starts with ourselves, um, We like to um, talk about nutrition in that way, too, because obviously, you know, um, exercise and nutrition go hand in hand. So when we're talking about foods, it's important that we're not saying, you know, uh, bad foods and good foods. We talk about uh, veggies and fruits. We talk about what they mean and what they can do for your body. So when we when we talk about uh, eating carrots, we say uh, carrots make you see in the dark. 
Yeah. You know, so obviously, you know, carrots do help your eyesight and things like that. So we're, um, you know, putting two, two and two together for the kiddos. So they know that these foods, you know, are healthy and they do things for you, but where the dialogue is so much different. So we're, so we're really relating it to like superhero things. Spinach yeah. Makes yeah. You like that you're fueling your body. And I would assume we can do the same with exercise to talk about like the walking and the throwing the, like all of that is important. Um, so that our bodies can do all these amazing things. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. The same thing with, with exercise. And we always, I mean, I think we're in this, the stage of superheroes and things like that for, yeah. for my kids. So we we're too. always relating it to like Superman and Spider-Man does this. And, you know, you're using, you know, you're doing lunges to strengthen your legs so you can climb up the, so you're Spider-Man, you're climbing up those buildings and, yeah. you know, things like that. And, um, it doesn't, it, it, again, it doesn't have to be anything strenuous. It doesn't have to be hard. It doesn't have to be anything, making exercise fun again. And once I feel like as adults, once we make it fun, you know, for our kiddos, we can, we realize that exercise can be fun for us as well. Yeah, that's awesome. Before I let you go, I want to make sure that really quick you talk about um, Active Kids 2.0. And so if parents are looking for something at home that is more like someone else giving instruction, or maybe you are still homeschooling or have your kids at home and are looking for that. Yeah, absolutely. It's just like you said, it's an at-home PE class, really. It literally gives you 30 minutes to maybe do the dishes, maybe to take a shower, you know, to fold clothes. So it's really fun. Our coaches are super engaging and the kids absolutely love it. Awesome. Well, Larissa, thank you so much for joining us today. I think you have given our listeners lots of resources and hopefully some motivation to just try some new things and add some activity into things they're, they're already doing. And I promise like it really does make the winter. (laughs) go faster. Yes. Uh, Well, thanks, Elizabeth, for having me. I so, so appreciate it. So I just got off the interview with Larissa and she suggested that we take our Jenga blocks and write different activities on them. So I downloaded a list from Pinterest and we took each Jenga block and wrote something on it. And now we are going to give fitness Jenga a try. Okay. Go ahead. Push one out. All right. Please don't get all of them. Okay, I got... Do a cartwheel. Cartwheel. It's not going to go. Ta-da! Is it my turn? Yeah. Oh, 10-second plank. What? You want me to do with it? Do you remember plank? No. Mm-hmm. Like, like this. Oh, I don't like that. Just come on. Ready? One, two, three, four, five. Why am I the only one counting? Okay, Oliver, pick one up. Oh, Henry's still planking. Extra credit. What does it say? Somersault. Somersault. Let's see you do somersault. I wish I could have that somersault. You can do one too. Everyone can do one. Oh, we got a good cartwheel. Who can do a somersault? Oh, we got Teddy's cart. Somersault. Somersaults. Oh, watch out. Oh. That's a plank. Okay. The tower, the Jenga tower is leaning and...
it's finally time for recommendations. This is when we tell you about something we're currently enjoying. Jamie, as our guest this week, will you kick us off? Sure. Um, when I was thinking about my recommendation, I know that often it's like, here's like one little thing I did this week or an ingredient I bought at Trader Joe's. But since I'm a guest, I'm going to come out with like a big one for me, something that has been very, <laughs> my one chance to recommend, um, something that's been very important to me through parenthood. And it's kind of in line with the episode because it's about, you know, fitness and taking care of your body and keeping moving. So I'm recommending something called Mama Strong, which is essentially an online workout program for pregnant and postpartum people all the way, you know, infinitely postpartum. Um, and it's built around 15 minute daily workouts or week daily, as I tend to do them, with a real focus on like, functionality, or as I like to think about it, making sure that my muscles don't turn into stone, you know, that awful feeling yeah. where you just have not <laughs> moved. And I started doing Mama Strong probably in my second trimester, so I guess about three years ago, and it has just been a mm. lifeline for me for handling like the weird pains and discomforts that come with pregnancy to after giving birth and like reconnecting with my body and then through the pandemic and just having this daily 15 minutes of space just for me to move my body. Sometimes like I'm not leaving my house. I'm not going for walks anymore. It's very cold out. I love it so much. It's become really precious to me. And it's it's more than just these 15 minute workouts. The most magical one to me is this program they have called Hazy Days, which is for immediately postpartum where you're not like, exercising but just like remembering how to breathe and like yeah touching nice. your your belly area and remembering that this is part of your body and just it was a really like precious thing for me right after a, a pretty unpleasant <laughs> c-section experience um and it's like completely not appearance focused or weight focused or anything it's totally about like function and mental health how do I make my body not hurt after I've been carrying a child all day it's just like the most positive supportive most of the workouts are led by a woman named Courtney who like will have she's recording them in her house a child will run through a dog will run through it just is so realistic and it has become very precious to me and so I'm I'm hopeful that I'm sharing it with some people who, who will find it to be precious too. This is great. I think this is such a great recommendation to know that you have something that like, it's just at your home. And especially in these times, I think is, is so great just to know that's there, you know, like yeah. I get these 15 minutes for me to make myself feel my body feel good. Um, I yeah. Think that's great. There are even a couple of the five minute hacks for if you're baby wearing or there's a kid sleeping yeah. on you that you just need to like do something and feel like yeah. you've been able to give yourself that. And like I said, it just keeps my body from completely ossifying. I love it. Thanks. Zach, how about you? This is building on a past recommendation. Maybe, I don't know, six months ago, we bought Noah, who was under four at the time, some plastic knives because she was really interested in starting to cook with me. And they're just not literally cutting it anymore, pals. <laughs> I mean, I think they were great in, in teaching like soft fruit. She can cut, she can cut a berry, she can yeah. cut a cucumber, but anything beyond that. And she wants to like start really prepping dinner with me, which is a dream. Um, it wasn't working. And then, so I've, I, I've been letting her use a real knife, but I'm scared out of my mind. Yeah. Like I'm totally watching over her and I 
I don't think she's ready. She has made some successful cuts. And so I just ordered Le Petit Chef from Openel, which is um, a little uh, set with a finger guard. Ooh. Um, and then I think we must have this. Our kids' knives came with a, it like goes over your knuckles. And you, so you cut yep. right against it. Yep, exactly. Well, and that's then teaching there's proper knife form, too. We talk about the claw a lot yeah. in our kitchen. <laughs> um, but also the thing about the knife itself, it has this educational ring on it um, to help position your fingers properly. We so have this! I'm so excited. <laughs> we have this, and I didn't even know that this is... But yes, it, it's so nice the way they hold it, because they cannot get their their finger... You know, it's it, it's the right way. Um, yeah, that's awesome that you have it and that it's working. And I'm, I'm hoping that this is going to take, um, you know, her sous chefing to the next level. What about you? So, you know, I really like to implement things that we do either daily or weekly that works really well with like my schedule to keep to keep that activity going. And so one of the things I wanted to do in the new year was um, I I always like to like have music playing, but be more intentional kind of with our music appreciation and music listening. And I've been kind of looking, I downloaded some like listening calendars and stuff that, that weren't really working. But for Christmas, I received um, this book called a year of wonder classical music for every day. And it's written by a um, violinist and each day it gives you a piece to play. And then like a mini history lesson kind of about like what was going on and also what this violinist um, hears or is reminded of. And so we've been doing music mornings and mm, it's really nice because it's each day so it says like january you know 20th and you open it up and then i just ask alexa to play (laughs) you know whatever that is or look it up on you you know have her put the youtube on the tv and we listen and i read the little piece but it's it's nice because it's easy like even the kids um the two that can read can like open it and ask alexa to start and read this little blurb and we're learning a lot i mean my the only thing i wish i had was that um there was another one of these books for something other than classical music. I love classical music, yeah. but I would I, I want to try to expose the kids to more than just that. But this seemed like a great way. I've noticed that when I get something in place as like music mornings and it really gets ingrained, it's a lot easier than for me to go find a listening calendar and be like, okay, well, we're already ingrained in doing this. So it's, it's easier for me to look up information. But it's been really great. It's called A Year of Wonder, classical music for every day. You wouldn't have to do it every day but I love like right now we're kind of in wintry type things and and a lot of like illustrations of blustery snow and so while the kids oh, eat we listen sometimes they draw it's it's really lovely it sounds really good yeah well that's it for our show but before you go please subscribe to the show and leave us a review on Apple or Spotify which now has reviews yay if you have a question for us email us at momanddad at slate.com or post it to the slate parenting Facebook group just search for slate parenting this episode of Mom and Dad Are Fighting is produced by Rosemary Belson. For Zach Rosen and Jamie Green, I'm Elizabeth Newcamp. Thanks for listening. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chabacasino.com 
Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.